Well, Callum, welcome back to another episode of Red Tinted Glasses. Happy Easter, I suppose. Did you have a good weekend? Thanks very much. Yeah, I did have a good weekend, thanks very much. Other than other than the Aberdeen game, essentially. How about you? Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was you know nice and relaxed, and we enjoyed the the nice weather on Saturday after after you know putting ourselves through the mm. turgid ninety minutes that we endured. But I suppose you know, given it was Easter, most of you that are tuning in, whether it be on our YouTube channel, hope you've hit that subscribe button if you're watching for the first time. You might have done your own Easter egg hunt. Well, the Dons have, are still in the hunt for the Scottish Cup. Wow, you warned me there's going to be some puns coming. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot. Thankfully, we are still in the hunt. Yeah. yeah we didn't make half make hard work of it, though, did we? Oh, it was bad. Um, probably those 90 minutes, maybe the worst 90 minutes of my weekend. Uh, if it wasn't for the nice stadium and the nice views surrounding the stadium, it would have been even worse, let's be honest. But we got... Yeah, no, the weather making Dumbarton look very exotic, but I mm. suppose that's probably our lack of being able to get on holiday, which made it look all the more much more appealing this weekend. It did look very appealing, and honestly, very jealous of the fact that, well, none of us were able to go, I suppose. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, when Callum Hendry did strike the winner, it was not only a huge sigh of relief that the goal finally came, but also a sigh of relief that we didn't have to endure a potential extra half hour of that game because let's be honest it's a game that will not live long in the memory not at all uh yeah not a lot to remember from that game in honesty uh the fact we scored probably quite surprising but no surprise that it came so late on given how much games they've played recently uh but i'm yes i'm very glad we'd have to watch another 30 minutes of that afterwards that would have been sheer hell yeah, no, we've managed to ramble two minutes so far, probably, of the podcast without actually even analysing the game. And we did contemplate, didn't we, um, on Saturday night to do an instant reaction to the game, just announce Calvin Ramsey as man of the match, and that'd be it. But we thought we would try and, you know, after kind of giving it a bit of thought, seeing some of the hot topics or talking points that were kind of rife on social media, delve into them a bit deeper and do a bit more analysis on what we we kind of saw at the weekend because let's be honest there's not really much to talk about on in terms of the game is there not really and let's be honest if it was weather like it has been today then we probably would have just done the very short podcast but since it was nice we're like oh we'll get out get in the garden whatever uh, go for a walk but yeah there really wasn't much to shout about other than that man if you can call him a man let's be honest calvin ramsey he was the one shining light throughout the game he really was, and I suppose before we get on to looking at an Aberdeen point of view, um, we should just you know praise Dumbarton, mm-hmm. given that you know they are struggling in League One. I think it's fair to say they've struggled for goals this season, and that was their fifth game in you know ten to fourteen days. But they more than held their own. We said in our preview episode that Sam Ramsbottom would need to have a great performance to keep us at bay, and he did that with the save in the first half from Lewis Ferguson. But to a man, they defended expertly and held their line and they must have just been no so gutted when once again, probably deja vu to last season, they concede with less than 10 minutes to go. It's interesting that Robert Lane <clears throat> had mentioned that a few times. But yeah, few. they yeah, to say the least, uh, they, yeah, they put in a very respectable performance. Honestly, it didn't look like we were playing against a team uh, second bottom of League One, whether that was through our performance or theirs is up for debate. But yeah, 100%. Very, very harsh for them to lose it so late. Mm-hmm, definitely. And, you know, it was the first away goal we've scored 
of 2021 as well. Um, no better time to come up with it. <laughs> That's an insane statistic, like genuinely mental. How bad are we? How bad are we? I think it's just a sad indictment of where this team is heading mm-hmm. um, and kind of the mess that Stephen Glass is a way to inherit, hopefully um, inheriting it before the weekend's game because I really don't know how much longer I can put up with watching Paul Sheeran's Aberdeen side hey. <laughs> because it literally is just watching McInnes's side all over again. It, really? it's, it's, I can't wait for a more refreshing ideas to come in. Basically, it's McKenna's side with a couple of youngsters uh, thrown in there as well, who turned out to be the shining lights. Um, but yeah, it's weird the um, the whole Stephen Glass thing because I think Cormac said that they think it will be after the St Johnston game. So who knows when he will actually be in charge? But uh, hopefully, we get that attacking football soon. Well, if it is after the St Johnston game, then it is for the next cup. It will be for the cup game, which is the home tie against Livingston, which we'll come on to for for our reaction to that draw. But like we said, let's look kind of into probably the shining light of the of the day. Young Calvin Ramsey, he got a few minutes against Dundee United at Tannadice, but handed his first senior start for the Aberdeen side. And I tell you, he did not look out of place. Didn't look out of place at all, not just ability-wise, but for being 17, didn't get bullied at all in any way, shape or form. Uh, thought he handled himself very, very well, looked solid defensively and very, very good going forward. I think he put in more decent crosses uh, in his what, hour that he played before he went and got off injured than anyone else has the whole season, let's be honest. Yeah, and I, I did like... Um, I, th- I was. I thought you were actually going to say more than Niall McGinn, and I was mm. going to say that I I did appreciate Matt McLaughlin's tweet saying, "Can we put Niall McGinn in a Northern Ireland top for this game because it's the only time he seems to perform this season." Mm-hmm. And Matty Kenny didn't much didn't do much better, and I'm not doing much better either. Clearly, <laughs> no. Um, but on on Calvin, you know, incredibly harsh of James McFadden to not award him man mm-hmm. of the match. Um, I think anyone else would have definitely gone, albeit though, I don't know if BBC are handing out bottles of champagne, he wouldn't have even been able to enjoy it. Very, very true. I think had he maybe played the full game, he might have got it, but uh, it's quite. It's, I always like it when there's a youngster that comes in and he, he wouldn't even be allowed to drink the champagne. Yeah, I just hope that the injury that he picked up towards, which obviously forced him off, was cramp, not what maybe looked towards being a hamstring injury. Yeah, well, he was sort of wondering about after shaking hands and things. Um, and another thing I was possibly thinking of, uh, remember what Jack Grimmer said? He was like, I don't know how they could play 90 minutes of this every week when he was sort of that age. So possibly it could have been crap, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I saw on Twitter as well, they were saying he'd just come back from a long injury as well. So mm-hmm. ho- hopefully crap and he's okay to go this weekend, to be honest. Yeah, hopefully, because it's about the only exciting thing that we've got to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I suppose... Kind of looking ahead to next season, you've got the that prospect coming through in Calvin Ramsey. But on the left-hand side, obviously, we just failed to do our research properly mm-hmm. in the preview show. Jack McKenzie, who's obviously ineligible, having played for four for in the Scottish Cup earlier this season. Um, two exciting young prospects coming through. We know Stephen Glass likes to develop young talent. You know... That's that's exciting straight off off the bat. Yeah, exactly. Um, that is these are the things that we're focusing on now. Basically, it's just these young players because that's the only bright spark throughout this whole shenanigan thing that's going on. I don't think that made sense. 
But two good young fullbacks. I suppose we'll have maybe have Ronald Hernandez coming back once upon a time. Um, we'll see if that happens. But it'll be interesting to see if Jack McKenzie comes back in for the St Johnston game. Because Johnny Hayes didn't cover himself in glory either, did he? No, he didn't. And I suppose, for me, the exciting thing then about next season is if looking to the left-hand side, is Johnny Hayes is a more than adequate backup. Johnny Hayes backup to McKenzie. That would be interesting. Very, very interesting. But if you think, I know he's maybe lost a yard of pace, but he's still got that ability to bomb forward. You know, you could deploy him further forward in a in a midfield role. You could keep him as the left back if you wanted to. But to have that experience on your bench mm. and to call upon, it's it's not to be sniffed at. It isn't to be sniffed at, but at the same time, some of the performances him and the other experience that we've been putting in lately, simply not good enough. And do you think then that you know the performances of, like of Calvin Ramsey in particular, like we've said on Saturday, kind of highlighted the struggles we've been experiencing so far this season? Because defensively, we didn't look rocky. You know, we were rocky, I should say. Like this little, like my pun there. I was about to say, you messed up the pun. Goodness me. Uh, we did look very, very rocky defensively. Um, you know things are bad when you take out Ashton Taylor and they put in that kind of defensive performance. And Ash Taylor, maybe not, I'm not his biggest fan, but to be fair, has been our best defender so far this season. But you've got Scottish internationalist Andrew Constantine and Rolls-Royce, I don't know what idiots have been calling that, uh, Tommy Hoban <laughs> at the back. And they looked lost, getting bullied by that big lad uh, Jones up top for them and then letting o- the boy Omar in behind as well wasn't for a good Joe Lewis save probably not that, not said that enough this season either uh, it could have been tatties for us, tatties over the side but yeah, not great at all not great defensive performance at all, very worrying and I suppose, you know, if what idiots call him Rolls Royce, Gooby will be delighted that I'll reference it for him the Skoda in Tommy Hoban was on show in Dumbarton on, on Saturday not his not his finest performance and maybe looked a lot less comfortable without his usual centre back pairing in Ash, Ash Taylor and you know for the criticism that Ash Taylor receives would you imagine what the reaction would have been if it was him making the sort of or putting in the sort of performance that Hoban had put in yeah, Twitter wouldn't have been a pretty place, would it? Would not have been a pretty place. Um, it really was worrying from those two, and at centre-back especially. It'll I be interesting for, for to me, see... Sorry, it'll be interesting to see if Taylor does come in, because there's the rumours that he will go uh, down south, so maybe that's why he was benched, all that kind of stuff. But it'll be interesting if he comes back in after that absolute shit show. Well, to be honest, for, for me, the, the three most experienced defenders were probably outshone completely by Calvin Ramsey and mm-hmm. you'd have thought he the way he performed I, I know we may we maybe shouldn't get carried away mm-hmm. with his performance given the opposition that he came up against um, and I suppose the test for him will be if he continues to get minutes throughout the season how he looks given we're in the top six if he's thrown in against the likes of Rangers Celtic Hibs how he then performs then that if he continues that level of performance that he put in on Saturday, that's when we can really begin to get excited about him, I feel. I think so. But having a look at our squad, we have a little other option other than to put him in there now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we really do because 
Tommy Hoban, I definitely don't think will be suited to right back. Especially imagine Tommy Hoban at right back up against like Ryan Kent. It would be an absolute disaster. Don't, don't. <laughs> I actually like though. You know how you referenced um, Ronald Hernandez possibly coming back mm-hmm. um, on loan. You, I, you're not a line of duty fan, which I I, I can't get my head around. Unbelievable. Um, but someone said, you know, the curious case of H, someone that we don't know the identity of, we don't know who who he is or how how good, bad he is. Is that going to be, is our H, Ronald Hernandez? It could well be. Will we ever see that man in an Aberdeen strip again? Who knows? But no, line of duty, uh, not seen, I've seen about maybe all of like 10 minutes of it. It was very confusing. Uh, bring back Wild at heart. That's what I say. Good Sunday night telly. Shame on you. Oh, well, we're going to fall out. <laughs> I suppose it's like me and Game of Thrones, never seen it, don't get the fascination. Yeah, never seen Game of Thrones either. Last podcast, we went off on a tangent about Rowies. This time, just about Telly. Hope you're all enjoying, yeah, no, it, actually, enjoying it. Speaking of Rowies, I like the suggestion in our YouTube channel of the, the chocolate spread on a Rowie. That was... I know you're more of a savoury, but... I am beginning to think you could probably have anything with a rowie and it would probably be decent. Yeah, although Ian Watson was not a fan of our, of your lemon curd suggestion or my honey suggestion. I mean, the lemon curd was something I saw, not something I've had personally, mm. okay? <laughs> yeah, and just off on a slight tangent, I mean, mm. to be fair, we could speak about popular TV shows and it would probably still be more interesting than the, the game itself. Very true, very true. Um, on to the midfield then, because this was probably the biggest talking point um, of the weekend was our midfield performance. Dean Campbell getting a start, and for me, unfairly, coming in for a lot of criticism on social media. Um, I know you had a quite impassioned defence of him mm-hmm. on your Twitter page uh, on Saturday. Do you want to relay your thoughts to those that don't follow you? <laughs> Just after such a shit performance from many, many more experienced players on higher wages, let's be honest, why is the talk about Dean Campbell? He is, okay, maybe not the most, he wouldn't have his most effective game. I don't think he played badly. And people are saying he's played this many games, he's not been effective yet. When was the last time Ross McCrory or Lewis Ferguson, the golden boys that are undroppable, you can't even criticise them. When was the last time they did something? I've Ross McCrory was dribbling the ball off the pitch at the weekend. And they say, uh, well, he's played this so many games. When is he going to start becoming effective? How many of those appearances, 5, 10, 15 minutes off the bench or a start and then not to be seen for three games? And let's not forget, Scott McKenna broke into the Aberdeen team properly in that Motherwell win a month before his 21st birthday. Dean Campbell has been 20 for all of about three weeks. He's still got time to get there. He's still got time to get there. Give the lad time. Get off his back. And also, to be fair, playing him, McCrory and Ferguson seems insane together against Dumbarton. Um, There's no need for so many centre midfielders. Paul Sheeran, I'm looking at you. If anyone should know it, it's probably him. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest criticism shouldn't be aimed at one player in particular. It should have been the person picking the team because why you're playing three centre mids and not pushing one further forward 
is criminal in the first mm-hmm. place. We, and, you know, I suppose looking at this on Monday, you know, had some of those chances fallen the right way in the first half of Dramsbottom, not, you know, world-class save from that header, Lewis mm-hmm. Ferguson, we've touched on. We could have been speaking about a different game, but our passing and, for you know, people said, oh, Dean Campbell just passes the ball sideways. Like, so? So is half of the other team. What had really annoyed me at the weekend was anytime we did a pass, you know, one touch, Luke, where, where's the ball going now? Now it will go. Same, no one was, you know, it's, it's annoyed me for years actually watching Aberdeen. We always take one pass backwards, two touch, then pass wide. Mm-hmm. Why are we going from, and these are, I'm just using players as an example here, Dean Campbell to Constein out to McGinn. You know, it's, it's slow when, you know, we could do get that pass out wider, get it quicker, spread the play because, mm-hmm. and you know, McFadden picked it up so quickly in the first half, side to side to side, side to side to side. We were just going back and forth, dancing in front of the Dumbarton. And I know someone's now going to clip that off and it'll mm-hmm. end up being a meme or something, but we, we didn't make it, we didn't make it difficult for, for Dumbarton. It was so easy for them to defend against. Mm-hmm. And, there was no desire to change formation, change tempo. But yes, Dean had a couple of really poor hospital passes where I don't think he actually looked at his intended target. Mm. The one back to Considine in the second half where he ballooned it over his head stands out in particular. But to, to pick him out as the poorest performer mm-hmm. is just ridiculous. Because there was way more... And like you said, experienced player, just that I would be more concerned about their performance instead of someone who is learning the game still. I mean, let's start from the back. You've got Joe Lewis, manhandling a man. They should have had a penalty, in my opinion. What the hell is he doing? Nah, that's never a penalty. Well, for the push? Um, closer to a rugby tackle, Glenn. But nah, never so a penalty. There's that. There's Tommy Hoban, absolute car crash at the back alongside his co-pilot, Andy Constein, disaster. I don't think co-pilots are, dra- are for cars, but regardless, the point moved. Can we carry on. Johnny Hayes. Well, actually, you could, you could have you could have saved that co-pilot. He's not going to be on the plane to the Euros with performances like that. There. Very go. good point. Very good point. Gosh. Hayes, disaster at left back, and then you've got Ferguson and McCrory. McCrory's dribbling the ball off the park. Absolute nightmare. Ferguson. When was the last time he did much of no? Okay, had a few chances, a couple good saves. Before before you continue slaughtering everybody else, I will say I wonder on Ferguson and McCrory if they are maybe suffering long COVID. And, you know, it goes back to the point that you said about them being undroppable. Their performances have dipped since that whole Scotland under 21 COVID debacle. But why not rest them? Dylan McGeek's been fit. Play him in, in, in their... Even if it's for a game, mm-hmm. you or make a change earlier. Rest these these sort of players. They need protected. They need. We need something different at the end of the yeah. day. It's, it's it's the same. Why did we need three centre midfield against Dumbarton? Did we not have the options? Why not play Conor McLennan instead at the start mm-hmm. um, for one of these players? Have them on the bench 
if needed. It, mm-hmm. it just didn't. It didn't seem right. If they are suffering from long COVID, they should be playing. But Ferguson does look like a man suffering from being burnt out, and that's from being played every single week, non-stop, without fail, and barely missing games. Missing games through occasionally through suspension. Um, <laughs> and then if we go further up the park, we've got Niall McGinn. Couldn't cross our road. Matty Kennedy, total disaster. Okay, ended up getting the assist for the goal, but that man yeah. is... He, the one he dribbled off the pitch was genuinely comical. And Flo Camberry, I mean, we've not even mentioned him yet. I forgot he was playing in the second half. Who is that man? Thankfully, Carl Hendry came in on save the day. He won't be able to save the day against St. Johnston, though. Ethan Ross also, we should mention him. He actually had a decent game as well. Who's shocked? Not me. I'm done now. <laughs> Ethan Ross had a good game, but did quieten as the game mm-hmm. went on, I will say that. Um, yeah, on the midfield, Niall McGinn, unbelievable that he lasted 90 minutes because he was posted missing for most of that second half. I really don't remember anything of note that he did. Um, maybe a, for a, apart from one good ball that he whipped in, um, probably the only good ball he whipped in in the second half when we got the header on that went over the bar. But other than that, nothing for an influential, experienced player who should have been flying with confidence after his goal for Northern Ireland um, the weekend previous. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't there. Uh, yeah, Flo Camberry, you know, friend of the show, Michael Monin, laughed at me when I said he should be left in Dumbarton. I did like Stuart Beaton's reply, though, to said um, you could just get the squad home in a minicar. Mm-hmm. The, you know that's probably suitable for the ones that you would take back but yeah Camberry you know Michael said when we sign Camberry he will turn up in the big games you'll see the real Camberry in the so-called not big games we've not seen that either yet <laughs> who is he he's a fraud but his chance in the first half it's, that's a striker lacking confidence. Kennedy's miscontrol, which was, like you said, laughable because if I didn't laugh, I would have cried. I think I would have cried if we had to go to extra time. Mm. But those sort of incidences just eek of a team lacking in so much confidence right now. Yeah. Confidence, ideas, creativity, the lot. Just... Uh, and, you know, for Camberry as well, you know, we, we've spoken on this, this show lo- loads about strikers needing service. I don't know if he was getting much service on Saturday, but we were certainly getting balls into the box. Mm. I don't remember him being anywhere near them. Yeah, that seems to be the case. No one seems to get on the end of them. And, I mean, if you'd told me on transfer deadline day out of all the strikers we brought in, the three we brought in on deadline day, that Callum Hendry would be the one to have scored the only goals... Uh, just being two, um, I would not have believed you at all. But here we are, and we will be without him against it, Johnston, so get strapped in for another nil-nil. wonder if Fraser Horn will be back for St Johnston. Possibly. Also, I mentioned the fact that it was good, might be nil-nil. They've conceded one goal in the last six games, scored eight. So it's not going to be great, is it? It's it's not. Um it's really not, but yeah, like you said, Calm Hendry's goal ended a run of 1,646 minutes without an Aberdeen striker scoring from open play. And like we've said countless times, dating back to Curtis Main in December. 
a Bring long run. Finally ended. Four months, just about. <laughs> bring him back. Months. What's he up to? He's at Shrewsbury. Bring him back. Still bring him back. Um, you know, like I said, we some of the some of the play was negative. You know, the side to side passing, no no inventiveness. How much though do you think that Paul Sheeran's pre match comments, where he said that it's a competition we're aiming to get to the latter stages of. Do you think that's a negative attitude that, you know, and if that's like kind of getting told to the players, what influence does that have? Well, the Scottish Cup's always a competition we should be looking to get to the latter stages of. And that sort of reeks, that specific specific quote does reek a little mm. bit of semi-finals being our final, essentially us winning it with McInnes, that kind of thing, get to Hamden. It does, it does. but at the same time, we should be, <laughs> I do agree in the fact we should be into the latter stages, but... Like, okay, I get what you say about like getting to the latter stages, but as fans, we want to be here, this is a competition we want to be winning. Like, the board maybe set an expectation at the, the beginning of the season, you know, achieve third place, get to the semi-finals of both cup competitions, but I want to I want to hear from whoever's in charges, we're in this to win this, not we're in this just to see where we can go. Yeah, that's very I suppose that that was pre-match comments. Having looked at the draw, especially mm-hmm. after, they should be changing their tune. Yeah, and, and hopefully, you know, the draw, obviously we've we've seen both fourth and fifth, which is the quarterfinals, the draw being made. Um on Sunday has paired us with Livingston at home. Livingston requiring extra time to get past Wraith Rovers um, on Saturday. A home draw is obviously something that should be looked on favourably. I don't really know how much influence home and away draws have just now, given there's no crowds, but potentially winners playing Forfer or Dungeon United at home. That's an excellent opportunity to get to the latter stages. <laughs> It does look like a decent path to Hamden, and when you look at some of the other draws, well, there's one draw in particular now, um, obviously the old firm, the Glasgow Derby, it should be, their, their ears should be pricking up, if that makes sense. Livingston yeah. have caused us problems though this season, we do mm-hmm. need to be wary, but I suppose, as you say, at yeah. home, it is a path, and a clear path to Hamden, hopefully we can take advantage of it. But I'm yeah, I know. Skeptical still. Well, well, one win against Livingston early on in the season, a draw down there, and obviously the the shambolic defeat um, in that rearrangement week game that we saw. Um, but Stephen Glass will be in charge for that game. It'll be interesting to see what kind of influence and changes that him being in charge comes about. Do you think? given the kind of slow style of football that, that we were playing at the weekend, do you think that's something that can really change overnight or within a few days of him arriving? Free-flowing, attacking football. Um, no, <laughs> I don't think it will be able to uh, be changed in an instant, unfortunately. Not with the same group of players. Um, given, I think he's probably got the eye for that happening next season when he's had a chance to recruit properly going into the new season. Um mm-hmm. A new manager bounce maybe sometimes happens, but mm, a bit skeptical now, especially since it's not really um, 
It's not. It's it's not out of the blue. Let's be honest. It's it's been coming, and they've they've still not performed at all. So they've been playing dire long enough. I feel like it's not going to speed up and change very very uh, quickly. Yeah, and I suppose you know, looking at the midfield three that we've discussed in length on this episode of of Campbell, Ferguson, and McCrory. For me, I think these three will be the biggest beneficiaries of Scott Brown coming in, um, Dean in particular, um, if he's going to have a more prominent midfield role next season, um, just to learn not only off of his his experience, but his game management um, style. When you look at how Saturday went, do you then see Scott Brown coming in as, as a positive when you see what influence he could have on the midfield? Um, yeah, I see that as a positive. Lord knows we do need an influence in those in the midfield area, let's be honest. Um, I think you're definitely right in highlighting the Campbell thing. I think it could be exactly what Dino needs. And But bringing Brown in, where does he then fit in with already those three midfielders? Vertanen's got a new contract. McGeeock's still got a contract. Ojo still got a contract, so it'll be interesting to see how, how what happens there. The Belgian Pirlo, but um, <laughs> one thing that's just playing on my mind the whole time is will Ferguson still be here? Will Steve Ferguson still be here past summer? Yeah, and I suppose though, as, um, as someone was saying to me, um, Andy Close, obviously a big fan of the show, he said um, McCrory could fill the right back role next season. It's interesting. Um, Although this was admittedly before the Dumbarton game and, and Calvin Ramsey's um, mm. coming to light. I do think it was possible that McCrory would fill in there uh, this weekend if it wasn't Vertanen. Disappointed it wasn't Vertanen, by the way, but as you say, Ramsey did very, very well. Uh, we've seen McCrory play there uh, this season. He's looked okay, maybe not as effective um, as he has in centre mid, but that I'm still basing that off his first sort of month here uh, in centre mid mm. and how, his, how he influenced the game then compared to now. Um, I think he's capable. He's versatile, bit of a utility man, but it'll be interesting to see. Who knows? It's definitely not a bad shout. Yeah, and I suppose though with Ferguson, like you said, we obviously hope that he stays past the summer. Um, he is our top scorer um, this season, although hasn't scored since October. <laughs> um, you know, most of his goals have been penalties. Do you think though maybe he could play further forward, maybe off a striker or something? I think we've tried that in the past. It looks okay. I think of those three alone, um, he is the one who likes to sort of drive um, and get in, up in support as much as as much as he can and break from midfield. That's yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's weird because they all they do seem Campbell, McCrory, and Ferguson when they all play together, they seem very samey. But in my head, I've still mm-hmm. got them being able to do different things. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, um, and, you know, like I said, you know, the side-to-side passing, it reminded me of um, Joe Harper saying, you know, the ball will always move faster than than the man and it's a way of tiring the opposition about. But just passing it in front of them is not going to help. You've got to draw somebody out of position and that's what we didn't see. And I think when you have three similar players in midfield, we weren't getting someone, you know, making a forward run to drag drag a player out of position it, it was easy to defend and that's why I'm thinking that if you're going to go with just Camberry up on his own mm-hmm. um, which we'll likely see it this weekend given Calm Hendry won't be rewarded with a start given his, um, him being ineligible we need to maybe try and 
get something further up because God knows that um, we haven't really seen great success from McGinn in a wide area. Ethan Ross did look positive. Will we see him again this weekend? I doubt it. But who comes in? Is it Connor McLennan? Possibly. I mean, the worst part is I feel like we've just been having the same conversation every podcast Mm-hmm. And there's so, only so many things and ideas to come up with um, of things that we may change and we've not seen anything change, anything work, which is the worst part for me. Yeah, and I think for me the amusing part as well, um, I don't know if you noticed it, For in the build-up to the goal on Saturday was something that um, we'd spoke about previously about Conor McLennan's brain and feet kind of not being engaged together. He almost by not kind of looking where he was going, lost the ball, could struggle to keep it under control. It bounced into the middle of the pitch. He won the ball back into Kennedy, one touch, two touch, into Calm Hendry, who, let's be honest, for someone that hasn't, like, for a team that hasn't scored an open goal from open play for that long, it was a pretty impressive build-up and finish. It was... It was sort of the one instance, it's weird this, the one instance in the game where we did something with a bit of urgency mm. and look what happened. It's mental when that happens, isn't it? Yeah. It was almost like they didn't want to play another half an hour and thought, what? Well, by all accounts. But, you know, from about the 70th minute onwards, Dumbarton were getting deeper. You could see the tiredness was creeping in for them. We just needed that one bit of kind of being clinical, I guess, and and thankfully it came because I think had we had we gone into extra time, Dumbarton would have gained confidence from that. But we were we were running out of substitutions. I think we would have gone extra one for extra time. But when McLean had come on the TV and said that we were preparing Dylan McGee as our third and final change, oof. honestly, what a laugh that would be. Honestly, could you imagine the ranting and raving we'd have done if that happened? Well, yeah, depending, I suppose, on the result, how that had panned out. Mm, I suppose. Pack but, um, a more. Yeah, I know. Why not just add a fourth in for mm-hmm. make it more of the same? Um, looking ahead then to the weekend, St. Johnson, a trip down to Perth. What's, what's your general feeling ahead of the game? Uh, not much. And I'll honestly... Yeah, yeah, we'll leave it there. Um, no, I think... So we're only nine points ahead of St. Johnston. And I don't mm-hmm. look like... I mean, they're probably harbouring European hopes. They're they're on some decent form. They're on some very decent form. I think they've won the last six. As I said, scored eight, conceded one. And that's including in the Betfred Cup final as well. And Calm Nathanson's got them going well. I'm a little bit worried, in all honesty. Just the split in general, let alone this game alone, without, without our main man, Callum Hendry. Who thought we would be calling him our main man? Not me. I think, though, for me, the the general feeling is one of apathy towards this game because, based on the last two performances that we've seen, there's nothing to get me excited about the game at the weekend. The end of the season, well, probably Scottish Cup aside, can't league season certainly can't come quick enough. Mm-hmm. And ending to that, we were just going to be going through the motions, probably looking to secure top four at this rate. And once mm-hmm. that's done, I think the only thing that now annoys me about third was when I was watching View from the Terrace on Friday, that if somebody 
unless was it they said unless somebody unless someone out with the top three wins the Scottish Cup, third place would be guaranteed pretty much guaranteed group stage football, which in Europe, which is now what Hibs is going to get. Although, like we've touched on, um, given the given the cup draw, mm. the Scottish Cup now probably takes on a lot more importance, given that one half of the the Glasgow teams will will go out. Kind of opens up the cup. Yeah, but does Hearts have loved the Scottish Cup lately out as well? So that's at least something. Mm-hmm. Uh, although yeah. they don't seem too happy down the road either right now. Um, See how it goes and but by the end of this night we're recording it on Monday night. Who knows what'll happen with Hibs as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hibs could be out as well, you know. And that's maybe the importance we could look at. Two home home draws have been handed to us. Obviously, we hope to get the second draw mm-hmm. and thereby uh, obviously not dismissing Livingston at this stage because God knows that mm-hmm. we're not exactly gonna we're we're full of confidence. Certainly me and you are not full of full of confidence right now. Um, but it's a it's a great opportunity with the way that the draws been been made to kind of see a potential path to the semi-finals, and you never know what can what can come from that. We can but hope, and I feel like that's been the message the whole season. But we're still here, plugging away, and yeah, we can but hope. Fingers crossed. I suppose that's a, a good way to end the show, being hopeful because that's all we can really be for the, this weekend is hopeful that. It's not another turgid display. Hopeful that if Stephen Glass is in the country, if he's here, there's going to be some influence. Obviously, he didn't have any influence on team selection on Saturday. I think that was quite evident, um, certainly with the performance anyway. So hopeful that there's going to be some sort of positivity and change imminent around the corner. 100%. And I'm hopeful that everyone tuning in will... Follow us if you're listening and subscribe on YouTube. Thanks very much for tuning in.